The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. So tonight's study, we're looking at the church, fellowship, and worship. So with those two topics, you know this is going to be a lengthy one. So we've got a considerable amount of ground to cover. So let's get after it. But before we dive in to our study, any prayer requests? Uh, anything going on that, that uh, within your life or anything? Or any, any neighbors or anything going on that, that, we, that we want to ask for prayer? Hence, you know, fellowship and worship. This is one of those tenets of us to come together as a, as a body and encourage one another, pray for one another. Okay. So we can, so that's a praise too. Sure. All right, we can raise a praise for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. 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 So obviously, the, I'm sure we've all been seeing the headlines come through our phones today. So I'm sure there's a lot of prayer consideration for what's taking place in our nation's capital. So we'll definitely be in prayer for that, um, just for our country as a whole. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. I don't know if is it is everyone kind of up to speed on that. Yes. And yes, there was a lady. A lady did get shot, and unfortunately, she passed away. And I just that was one of the headlines I saw coming in, and I think they finally pushed all the protesters out of the U.S. Capitol or out of the U.S. Capitol building. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct, correct. So yeah, there's just there's a, lot, a lot going on there, a lot going on. But all right, um, any, any last safe rounds before, before we go to prayer? Okay, I'll, I'll take us to prayer. Gracious Father, thank you for this wonderful evening that we can come together and study your word, uh, especially around the, uh, especially scripture surrounding the church fellowship and our worship to you. We just lift up uh, the praise for David, who has started a new job, and we're just definitely uh, we're thankful that he has that opportunity to continue to work and provide for his family. Uh, we're just grateful also to be meeting together as a church and being able to study your word, meditate on your word, and encourage each other in, in, in towards the love and good works. Uh, we also lift up the state of our nation right now, Father. Uh, we just commit that to you. We just pray for those who are standing in harm's way to prevent destruction and and uh, deadly turmoil from breaking out we just we just lift up those uh, men and women to you we also pray for those who are up there protesting and want to make their voices heard we just pray they'll refrain from violence and destruction and we're just thankful father that regardless of anything that takes place around us we, we know that you are sovereign you're in control but we just pray that we can continue to encourage our neighbors around us and look for opportunities to spread and share the gospel as we see those opportunities materialize and we will not hold back the hope that is within us. Uh, we're just grateful, for Lord, to study your word tonight and we commit this to you in your name we pray, amen. All right, let's dive in. So our objectives for tonight, and we're in lesson nine, we're, uh, as we've mentioned already, the church, fellowship, and worship, and we're going to look at the differences, understanding what the universal church is and what the local church, what, what those two look like. So we'll, we'll talk about those concepts quickly, and then we'll, 
Then we'll look at some brief guidelines on what we should look for when we're selecting the church. So um, has anyone done the marked ever uh, nine marks of a healthy church? So I think these are kind of built in that same framework. So you wanna, so there are some areas that you definitely wanna pay close attention to when selecting a church. And then also, I mean, so these are good things for us to keep in mind because you never know, God might call us to leave this, leave this city. So he might call you away and you wanna be, you want to, you might need to be looking for a new church, wherever that may be. Uh, we also want to be able to frame that to our children. You know, for example, like Keegan, he goes away to college. And so what does that framework look like for him when he gets ready to select a church? And then we also want to exhort each other uh, to be actively looking for and participating in the ministry within the church. We know that those, we have the children's ministry, got the teens ministry, just to name a few, but there are other ministries that the church can engage in. And then also we want to understand what worship within the church looks like. And we're going to touch on communion just to just kind of level our understanding on that as well, especially what scripture says. Because sometimes communion gets gets kind of thrown around sometimes like, oh yeah, we're just going to drink some grape juice and take a cracker and that's communion. But, but scripture is very uh, strict in the sense of understanding what we're doing when we take communion and what it means to reflect before we before we engage in communion. So we'll just kind of touch on that. And then, and then so, the, so today, tonight, excuse me, we're going to clarify the relationship between Christ and his church. Excuse me, Christ and his church. And then we're going to look at the differences, as I mentioned earlier, about the universal church and the local church. And then we're going to look at biblical guidelines for church organization. And then we're going to look at true fellowship and worship within the church. So there's a lot there. All right, so questions for us to chew on tonight. And there will be more through the lesson, but our two main questions to chew on and we'll review them at the end, are what are the biblical guidelines when selecting a church? And then what is the purpose of the church? All right, so, uh, has, so has anyone had a good experience in selecting a church? And then after they've selected the church, looked around and said, now this is what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Has anyone encountered that, had that happen before, where, where they're just like, I had an experience where they just like, yes, this is this is it. Would anyone like to share those experiences? Like, uh, just uh... oh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so when we were in Mississippi, we had uh, a new family come in, and they asked for help to move, and uh, and I and and one one of the men threw it out, and then like unbeknownst to me, I was like, all right, I'll show up. And I, I just told him I'd show up. But when I showed up, there were like nine other men there. We're like, let's move. I'm like, oh, all right. Wow. This is, this is what the church body looks like. New family. They showed up. They said, hey, we need help moving. And nine men from the, from the church showed up and said, yes, we're ready to help you move. So that was, that was an encouraging moment to kind of be reminded like, all right, this is what the church looks like in, 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 in that degree. So just uh, since you called me on that one <laughs> I did have one selected <laughs> but uh, so um, so if something comes up later feel free to raise your hand because we're gonna hit a few points that might jog that uh, that experience all right so another question for you what do you think is the difference between the universal church and the local church so I know we kind of have an idea of what that looks like but in your own words what is the universal church we'll start there How about that 
fellow brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world, right? So Christians in China, Christians in, in South America, Chile, Chile, for example, those are, that's the universal church, absolutely. And obviously the local church is what we see taking place here. It's where we come to worship, fellowship, and receive teaching from the Bible, and that, and also to evangelize the local area. I think we're gonna look at that in two seconds, right? Two lessons from now, we're gonna really dig into the evangelism aspect of it. All right, so obviously the, the concepts are the Church of Jesus Christ is, is not just an organization, right? It's an organism. So we know that the Vatican, for example, they frame themselves as an organization. The, uh, the Catholic Church kind of structures themselves in that sense. But what we're called to be is we're not, uh, we're like a living church. We're not a building. We're not, um, you know, we're not our activities. We're not our worship structure on on Sunday, for example, like our order of worship, I should say. That's not what makes us the church, but the church is who we are functioning as a body um, with the headship as Christ being that lead. So um, so I want to just, before we get in, uh, really move into the lesson, I wanted to look at our verse tonight, which was Hebrews 10. And we see the exhortation come from 24 through 25, but I wanted to read the exhortations to godliness, and that's from 19 to 25. And really, the, um, you notice that it starts at the beginning, it says, therefore. So that means there's something before there that reminds us, this is why you're doing this. So I was going to recap that quickly for you. And what, what that is saying is that's the perfect sacrifice. That's Jesus being the perfect sacrifice. And that's kind of what they say is that is one, that is one of the essential Christian truths is Christ as the sacrifice. So it's kind of something to keep ourselves in mind. And, and then you see that in chapter 10. And then, and then Hebrew, the, the author here, just lays it out in the beginning of chapter 10, the importance of what that was and what that looked like and how he was a perfect sacrifice. So the exhortation is, therefore, since Christ is our perfect sacrifice, and I'll read that for us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, and I, and I just kind of want you to kind of pick up on these words and just the strength that we're reminded of, of godliness and what that calls us to be. It says, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Remember that curtain that, that, that separated us from the holies of holies. Remember, it was torn in two. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our excuse me, and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not, not neglecting to gather together as some are in a habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. So a lot, of, a lot of implications and exhortations for us here. Brothers and sisters, who is that? Who are the brothers and sisters? That's us, right? And what are we called to do? We're called to look out for each other, right? We're called to look out for one another. And, what is, and, then, and then as we do that, what are we to do when we're looking out for each other? Provoke. But, but how are we provoking, though? Are we provoking to start a fight? Yeah, but, but, but you're right. Children, in their sinful conscience provoke in a different avenue, correct? How are we called to provoke each other? Right, right. 
So what does that look like in the church? And that's what we're going to dig into tonight. What does that look like? What does it look like to provoke one another? What does it look like for me to provoke Josh? What does it look like for me to provoke David? But yet that seems loaded, but then we say for love and good works. What does that look like? How do I provoke David? How do I provoke Josh? How do I provoke John? How do I provoke Aaron and Brenna, for example? And how do they provoke me in return? <laughs> These are things to consider, right? We do need that, correct? Because we're not, we're not called to be idle. We're not, the, like, God's word is living and active. It's not living and active on the couch. It's living and active in the world. And that's the hope that we have. We, that's why it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, boom, go out. Because it calls us that. There is this hope. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope. And what is that hope? What's that hope? Because he was our, yes, our perfect sacrifice, our savior. Spot on. All right. All right. So now you see where we're going, correct? You see our aim, our direction in which we want to, want to drive after this. All right. So the church is seen as the body of Christ. So we know that Christ is the head of the church. So being head of the church, what does that make Christ? Since he's the head. That's, what does that mean? Like, okay, I'm sorry. The leader. Right, the leader. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The leader. The, the one that's giving us the direction in the, in the way we should go. Right. So as, and the body is made up of those who are called by God, right? We've discussed what that looks like, right? What it means to be called by God to be, in, to be called to salvation, right? So now that we're a part of the body, and that's, that's, who, that's what we're made of, and, and, that's, and then we're called, you are the church. And now Christ baptizes the believer with what? Remember our past lessons? What are we baptized? What are, I mean, granted, we're baptized ceremonially with water, but... Yes, which is? Yes, very good, very good. I'm, I'm just, as we get deeper into these lessons, I'm, I'm going I'm to pull on you a little bit more for these answers. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, spot on on that, absolutely. Um, and then we know that each believer has a unique function within the body, right? Are we all called to be pastors? Are we all called to be the shepherds? No. Are we all called to sing on stage? No, right? Right? Yeah, for some, for some of y'all, y'all are, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a, called to do that because I'm just not, I'm not talented in that area. But others are. So we all have unique functions. You know, just as the same as we would say, if you're going to work in the garden, you're not going to use a hedge trimmer if you're going to weed your vegetable garden, correct? Or a weed whacker if you're going to, you know, pick tomatoes. You're going to pick a, a specialized tool for that function within the garden. So in each sense, we are all, we all have unique roles within the body of Christ. So some of those roles, we grow into them. Some roles are more evident right away. Others are not. We, we have to work on them. So that's part of our sanctification, right? Where we're working through scripture and then we're realizing I'm really good at offering counsel to someone who's grieving. So if, I, so if I'm not talented in that area, but I know Brenna is, for example, I would bring someone who's struggling with grief, and I would say, Brenna, I, I know that I've seen you do well in this area. Can you please help here? So that's a way we can provoke one another into love and good works, right? Because if Brenna is pouring out that hope that is within her onto someone who's grieving, and she can, bring, she can bring them to Christ and see the realization where Christ was working in that situation, that's love and good works, right? So it's just, just as a reminder, I just use that as an example. All right, anyway, moving along. I know we could sit here and uh, work through that more. All right, so the church is seen as a family too, right? Um, has anyone felt a familiar 
type of love within the church. Right? Yeah, and even in the local church too, right? Uh, we're, we're, uh, how often are we quick to move to help one another, uh, whether it be financial, whether it be providing meals? I know that that's a ministry that does very well here where I know Meredith has headed up, a, had, you know, sent out the notification a few times. Hey, we got a family here that's just had a baby and whew, you see it fill up pretty quick with here's some meals, here's some food. Let's, let's love on you. And, and also the joke, Southern Baptists, you know, there's a potluck there. Then you know that's that's a church church meeting that night. <laughs> so, but yes, there, where there's food, there's usually good fellowship as well. All right, so we are all children of God, right? Remember, we're called as children, and, and then as we see here in Hebrews, we're brothers and sisters. So, what does that mean if we are brothers and sisters? Obviously, we know the family aspect of it, but what does it mean to be brothers and sisters in Christ? Share an inheritance, absolutely. Now, now, what does that mean for us as our function here on earth, in the church, as brothers and sisters? What does that look like? Like, I know we, we have the family, you know, like the Vath family, the Dicker family, but what does that mean as the local church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ? How are we to love and provoke one another? Common calling. Right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very good. Correct. Correct. Right. So you're, you're reminded to remind yourself of the gospel daily as well, right? As a reminder to yourself. Absolutely. Very good. Right. And, and so what about the, the relationship that we see, though, between brothers and sisters? What does that relationship look like? Is it... Right? Okay, right. There we go. Yes. There's, there's, there's a sense of closeness, too, as well, right? We're also looking out for each other, right? So, yeah, you, I'm just kind of prodding the theme along here to kind of uh, strengthen those cords there. All right. Uh, and also, there's also a common respect and obedience to the Father, right? As, as a, our Father God, right? Is being called into the family because we're, we're adopted. All right. One, uh, one question for you here. Have you ever experienced closeness and unity with other believers whom you have had just met? Okay, seeing some head nods, absolutely. I would agree too. I mean, that's usually where I, personally, that's usually where I go to first, where I try to find deep relationships, deep friendships is within the church because I know there's already a common bond with brothers and sisters. We're speaking the same language. We're working together for the same cause and there, there should be a quick Melding, at least from my, from, in my opinion, my perspective, is a quick, quick melding within the local church. And granted, you know, I know there's, there's, we're all human. We're, we're sticky, sticky messes at times, and, and sometimes we, we get in our own way when, when working on those relationships. Yet we still take time to continue to bear with one another, right? Because we're, we're, we're reminded not to just, well, you know what? I tried to start a conversation with Josh two weeks in a row, and it just didn't work. So, done. No, we're called to. Bear with one another, because I don't know what's going on with Josh. I just met him. Like some things could be going on. Like there could be some tough life situations that he's working through, and he's a little distant right now. He's a little withdrawn. But those is what we're called as brothers and sisters to still kind of encourage each other. So as I think I, this lesson to me was just a real encouragement of what it means to be a family, what it means to be a local church, and what that looks like. All right, so let's get after the local churches. So priorities of the local church. So we're going to look at the local church in the early context of when they started in Acts. So as we said, 
Uh, the local church is usually a small group of believers like we see here tonight, but yet we are bigger on Sundays because it's unfortunately our schedules keep us away and we can't always meet on a Sunday night, but yet we know that Sunday is the Lord's Day and we come together to meet and fellowship and, and, and um, hang out with one another, spend time with one another and worship and fellowship. So we're also called to you know, receive teaching from the Bible. So this is encouragement for us tonight. We're doing the same and to evangelize in the local area. So has COVID kind of, you know, just the restrictions we've had in place, how has that limited us? Like, has it limited you? I'd say to some degree, yes, but there have been opportunities too at the same time, right? So how have we looked for those opportunities? How have we used those opportunities to expand the gospel? Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's a great opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, so so a different avenue was was like a bit of a course correction even though the children weren't there the teachers were also are also there absolutely absolutely all right so what, so what do we see take place at the early church right we saw teaching we saw fellowship take place we saw they were meeting together there was communion uh what is communion also known as dinner <laughs> exactly there we go that's the word i was looking for they would break bread or in, or in john's term dinner <laughs> John, have you, did you eat before you come here? Oh, oh, all right. That's right. Well, John, that's right. I would encourage you to get a bite to eat after. Oh, great. Look at that. Coordination. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. So, do, do, do. Okay, very good. Right, so breaking the bread and then also prayer. So question for you all, how do these essential components of the early church compare to the typical life in a local church today? So I just kind of hit those points quick, but so we see these as essential components, but how do they compare to the typical life in the local church today? Right, right. Should be almost a straight line across, right? Yeah, absolutely. So at any point in time, and, and we're not, uh, some of these questions, they can just be in, in general context, uh, could be in a different area. You may have seen other churches, and we're, you know, we're not trying to name call or point out, but we're just here to simply identify areas that we might need to work on just as individuals or within the church. So is there anything that has been missing or has been downplayed over time? Or, or just in general? Um, maybe just as a local church in, I, w I wouldn't have to say like this church specifically. I mean, we could, I mean, if we wanted to kind of do a in the mirror <laughs> reflection, I mean, we do have two elders here, so. <laughs> I mean, we, we're, we're about to get there too, the offices, but uh, but, in, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to use this as a gotcha question either. I'm just kind of, I just kind of want to launch this, the, these ideas out here of what it means like what the local church should look like, right? So, and maybe we, we want to be sensitive to if something is being downplayed, you know, we, we should be quick to maybe, you know, 
quick to raise our hands and ask why. Like, what's what's going on? Why is you know why is uh, why why haven't we been doing communion or you know just 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 those kind of things? I'm not saying we have it, but I'm just saying to pay attention to to if the regularity of something that was has now diminished. Asking why? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. There, I've had moments where. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. These are these are sticky areas that we we've got to work through. Still, we're still we're not called to avoid these areas. We're called to press into them, but be loving. And that's and that and you're right, Aaron. That could be a that could be a challenge sometimes. That judgmental spirit can sometimes just clamp our minds and just all of a sudden we got the blinders on and it's you can only sometimes you get caught in a tunnel. I mean, I've, I've gotten caught with that. I mean, especially with with closeness with children when you're trying to discipline them, you just get caught in this. No, you're you're doing it wrong, and then maybe they're like, "Well, not really," you know. But then you're like, arr, arr, you know," and then you kind of get off way off track, and you're in the direction you want to nurture your children in. Just as an example. All right, let's look at Philippians chapter two real quick, verses one through four. This is uh, I just kind of want to break off off with this because the topics you're hitting is perfect because it it just runs into that vein of Christian humility and what that looks like. And Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4 encourages us. So if then there is an engagement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So there we see, we see that encouragement that restricts us from pushing against that selfishness. So when we know someone is wrestling with selfishness, what is that known as? I mean, obviously that's, that's a sin, correct? So we want to gently correct that Christian believer seeing some selfishness going on here. So how do you gently and lovingly correct a Christian who's wrestling with selfishness? Right, yeah, like, how do you? (laughs) Right? Right? There you go. (laughs) <laughs> well, but, but John does like to eat, so. <laughs> right. But, but that's, a, that's a good question. It's a good point. How can I help? That, so that kind of opens the door. It doesn't come, you're not coming right to the person right away. Like, hey, I see there's this. It's how can I help? Mm-hmm. So what's an R? What's an RA? Resident advisor. Resident advisor. Okay. 
Got it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so as an RA, what did your training when you when they in, introduced you to the training? What did they start with? Not at all. <laughs> right. No, I, yes. Yes. I'm, it was a bit of a loaded question, but I was, I, I just kind of wanted to. No, no, that, that was a question. No. Mm -hmm. So, so what a liberating context and framework that we have within the church of how we can just love and encourage one another. We're all working from the same foundation, the same truths, and yet we're going to struggle with sins and to go and approach a brother or sister who is wrestling with a sin and just reaching out to him and like, what can I do to help? And that's a good place to start. I, I would encourage you us all to, to be on the lookout for that, uh, to encourage one another. And then what does it mean to come alongside and help and help each other because I mean um, from my perspective Keegan I see one way I can pray for you uh, because you're in a you're in a you've put yourself in an interesting position to help people and you are given a list of things you need to make sure you're aware of as you talk to individuals but then you are also looking at them in a perspective of I'm um, as a Christian how to reach them with the gospel you're looking at them as image bearers of Christ and then you want to reach out to them and help them 
granted for the college, but then also from an internal, for from a um, yeah, from a in a e eternal vantage point as well. So absolutely, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a good way we can encourage Keegan. Like we can encourage him, we can love him, we can provoke him to good works. Like he's he's out there in the midst of it. So absolutely. So just kind of wanted to highlight that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Right. To love them. Call them out of darkness. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So getting back to, <laughs> but uh, I, this is why I enjoy these kind of stu these studies because it's just it's a good interaction time for us to just talk with one another. Um, all right. Uh, so looking at the structures within the early church. So we're, we're so we know that we have offices within the church, right? And that was, those were laid out in scripture. We see that in in um, we we see that gifted men were raised were raised up within the church. We see that there were apostles, which literally means one sent on a mission. And this is uh, this is the strict sense of the usually the twelve apostles that we see in Scripture. Uh, obviously, um, we, you know, plus Paul, who was called as an apostle, but he he fell kind of fell under that unique mission set to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And we see that play out in Galatians. And then we also see the qualifications of an apostle included being direct uh, to be uh, being chosen directly by Christ and having seen the resurrected Christ and therefore there is no possibility for anyone to be an apostle in the church today so unfortunately we're not able to have anyone that is that is still with us now who has witnessed the resurrected Christ and who was also called out by Christ so uh, however there is a wider sense of apostle can also refer to someone uh, who were not members of the Twelve and Paul, but nonetheless, they were sent on missions, right? They still were sent out on missions. And this included Barnabas, Silas, and Timothy, and, and there are others. There were, we see in Romans 16, 2 Corinthians 8, and Philippians 2, uh, 2.25. So if you want to dig more into that, I can provide those references for you if you want to look at who those were sent out as uh, sent out on mission. And then we also see there's prophets, and so a prophet either foretells or, or foretells um, the truths of God to God's people. So this is the purpose of a prophet, excuse me, the purpose of the prophets, also like the apostles, was to lay the foundation uh, of the divine truth upon which the church would be built. So we know that they didn't have the Bible at those times. So they would have God, uh, they would have the letters that were written by the apostles as encouragements to the churches, and then those were taken out. And then you also had, you know, I believe you kind of had individuals serving as prophets in the sense of telling the divine truths and then relaying the truths that uh, that they would sit under learning from the apostles. And then we also see the evangelists. This is a particularly gifted person who is who does very well at proclaiming the good news, the uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, has any, can anyone think of any? well-known evangelists? Billy Graham, right? Uh, any others? I'm sorry? Philip? Yes? Yeah, very good. How about uh, any of the earlier individuals um, within American history? Our, our open-air preachers? Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then we also see pastors and teachers. You could you could argue maybe they were wearing 
uh, those two hats. They were teaching, they were preaching, but they were also evangelizing because they were out in the open air. And so anyone walking by could hear and stop and, and pay attention and take in what they were was saying. But mainly what we're looking at today as pastors is, is being a shepherd, one who cares for and protects God's people. And their primary function is to teach. And that's what we see take place on Sunday. When Greg um, comes and he preaches God's word to us, he lays out God's word in detail, in depth for us to continue to dig in deep into it during the week. All right, so the purpose of why God gave us these gifted men in the church is, is definitely something very important for us to know and understand. And so what does it mean for us to support these individuals as well who are within the church, who are serving us, the, the sheep, if you will, and they are the shepherds, and we're the sheep, and, you know, there's a, it's a two-way street. Like, they're, they're preaching and teaching us, and we're also taking care of them. And so what does that look like? So these, so let's, let's dig in that. So we see that these gifted men, they're equipped, uh, they're in a sense, they are like a saint being equipped for the work of service, right? So their service is preaching and teaching to us. So, um, so granted, they're, they're there to equip the saints. So who are the saints? It's us, right? Brothers and sisters, right? That's all the believers. That's, that's the universal church, right? And the pastors and teachers are called to, local, to the local church in that context of the universal church, and, and then you bring it down to the local church. So, um, so, why, so why are these individuals being equipped, though? Like why, I mean, why does God choose to equip certain individuals for this work of service? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're building us up, right? They're encouraging us with God's word. And, and, then, and then who is responsible to build up the body of Christ? Who's responsible, though, to build, the, build up the body of Christ? The saints. It's us, right? Yes. Right? So the pastor's not necessarily because they are encouraging us they're doing works of service and they're building us up. And then we are ultimately responsible to build up the body of Christ. So they are, they are equipped to build up, but we are responsible to continue that work. Interesting, huh? All right, very good. Uh, all right, one more. I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. Words, words matter, right? <laughs> all right, question for you. Are you looking... At, at this class as an opportunity to become better equipped so you can serve more effectively in the church. And this is helping me a lot because as a, as a teacher, we get a little extra time with the, with the materials. So. A lot of conviction. All right, let's look over at the office of elder and overseer. So we, we know we have an elder. Uh, we have elder rule. We have eldership within our church. We have the pastor. And so elders are appointed in our church and the elders are to rule in the in the sense of giving clear guidance on you know like for example an area that we need clear guidance is what does church discipline look like right that's a quick example how is the church structured and ran because we know offerings come in well what do we do with those offerings how do we use those offerings for the ministry within the church so we need individuals who can manage those things who oversee and then they also shepherd they can come alongside pastor greg and help him in the ministry of works of service 
And then we also see the qualifications of, of the eldership are stated out in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 17, and also to Titus chapter 1, 6 through 9, if you want to dig into those. And then we also have the office of deacon, and those are those who serve the needs of the church under the direction of the elders. Um, I know we have deacons, right? I know we do. Okay. I figured we did. I, I know I've seen them around. So, yes, so they, so they are definitely, uh, they, they get more out into the, into the areas where help is needed. So they're usually sometimes the one that are knocking on the door saying, hey, welcome to Grace on Ashley. We like to welcome you to the church, or they, or they, or they place a phone call, kind of thing. But those are the deacons. Or I, I know when I was, uh, when I served as a deacon, our uh, our responsibility was to reach out to the elderly that weren't able to attend church. So we would weekly reach out to them, check in on them, see how they were doing. And so I had, I had, you know, three or four of them. Unfortunately, two passed away on me, so my list, my list went down a little. But um, it was still an enjoy, a, a, a joy to do it because when I did, I would kind of, I'd try to call right around the same time every, uh, every you know during the week. So like one, I would call on Tuesday, so she would know about two thirty. Well, uh, Deacon Dave would call. That's what she liked to call me, Deacon Dave. I was like, hey, what's going on? And I just have a quick chat with her. And it was pretty nice. And then and then another another one. They're like, oh, watch out for her. She's real needy. I was like, okay. So I'm just gonna do my deacon duty and see what I can do to help her. So. Yeah, as yeah, was just, we 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 saw uh, a strengthening in the in the older um, in the older congregation that weren't able to make it. There was a lot of positive response to our work, and we could see the effect pour over into the family because there was a few non-believers, but they were seeing us minister to their mom or to their to their to their dads. Um, you know, we we had a few widow widow. We have widows, widowers, right? Uh, so we did have a few widowers, but we would see the overflow of our work pouring into them. It would overflow into the family. So there was, it was really neat. We, uh, I wasn't a part of it, but one of the one of the other deacons gave a good, re, gave a really good report on you know just how he had a, I think it was like an hour or so conversation with one of the, um, one of the sons that had come by to check on his mom, and he was there, and he's like, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm from the church, and it was like, and then away the conversation went. He's like, oh, I'm from Bayview Baptist Church, and we're just here checking on your mom, seeing how she's doing, you know, da, 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 and then from there. It was, it was really positive. It was really encouraging. Um, I, I don't recall whether or not he came to church, but I know that a seed was planted. Now how God cultivates that, the Holy Spirit works that. That's, that's, that's the mystery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. Just like we covered in Philippians, we're not looking out for our interests. So though we are too, we also want to look out for the interests of others. Absolutely. Right. Like not like not eating dinner. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh, one one thing too about the church that is good to have is church membership. Right. We want to be members of a church body, and what and that doesn't show like we get our stripes. We don't wear colors, right? We don't put on leather jackets and <laughs> run around the town uh, showcasing our uh, our membership to the church. But yet, church membership is important, and you know it's just not that we show up on Sundays. You know, we 
we pat each other on the back. Hey, good to see you this Sunday, and then see you later. But that membership amplifies our our work towards one another, right? It it's a bit of a like in a sense of like I know I need to be making sure I'm looking out for you in the sense because there's a bit of a what's the word a bit of a more weightier responsibility towards one another, right? It's not something to be taken lightly. Like, so let's say, for example, like, you know, if you become a member of a, a fan club, for example, or uh, or a sports team, right? What, 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 what happens when that sports team loses? And, you know, if you're a fan of the other team that beat that team, what, 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 what kind of conversations happen? Oh, is that right? <laughs> Right? So, I mean, we kind of see where when you af- associate yourself or become a fan or a, or a scribe or become a member of a certain, you know, like we, we could use sports teams since that's very pr- prominent in our culture. You know, how, how, what, what do we see that relationship between a fan and the team? Right. Yeah. Right, I mean, how, how often do we see people that are just fired up on Monday because their team won? They're like, yeah, my team's a national champion, or, you know, fill in the blank, right? Um, so, right, so, so we kind of see that in, in the, our responsibilities with the church body. You know, what does that look like as a local church? Like, how is our spiritual giftedness helping the growth of the body? You know, how is it, you know, how are we helping one another? So, so what's our responsibility as a church member, right? Do you all remember, like, sometimes we would do the church member... What was that? Um, some, uh, Steve would have us read that sometimes. What was the covenant. There we go. Thank you. Uh, yes, so the church covenant, right? What, what was that a reminder of? Like being a member of Grace and Ashley. Uh, yeah, right. Right, absolutely. So those are our responsibilities. So what does a good church look like? What does it look like? And how do you choose one, right? There's several churches to pick from, correct? So how do you pick it? How do you find the good church? Does anyone want to throw throw some um, uh, throw some criteria out there? Well, well, um, yeah, just in the sense of like, what what are, what are some things we should look for in a church, in a healthy church? Sound doctrine, right? What else? Very good. Right, yeah, you, 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 you kind of get this, or sometimes you'll get a, all right, and then they set it down, and then it's just a. <laughs> Accountability, okay. Accountability. Ooh, that's a loaded word. All right, very good. Accountability. The Bible is preached, and it's the center of teaching. What else? Right, 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 yeah. You're not like, all right, I'm here, I'm checking the box, right? Exactly, there's a, right, there's a family, that familia feel, very good. Uh, anything else that kind of comes to mind? So teaching, doctrine, what about evangelism, the ministries within the church? Those are some areas we can look close closely at, right? That doesn't always mean the church is, is I mean, say there's some gaps there, right? It doesn't mean like, oh, well, they don't got a good ministry in X, then cross them off the list, right? 
we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, correct? So there are areas, but let's, let's, we also want to keep in mind that just because they offer programs doesn't always mean that, oh, we should pick that church based on their programs or based on their music style, right? Sometimes we see that, you know, get the fog rolling out, rock band up there. Uh, sometimes service times, that can be appealing too. Well, it fits better into my schedule because Sunday, being the Lord's Day, I also like to, to take the Sabbath day and rest a little extra, right? You know, but we want to make sure that we're picking the church for the right reasons, not just because it fills in certain preferences that we prefer. All right, so very good. Oops, I'll get this later. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's dig into the fellowship now. Now, what does it mean to have unity within the church? Unity. What does that mean? As we fellowship with one another in the church, what does it mean to have unity as a church family? So, to, so when you say agree to disagree, what does that take to to kind of still remain um, brothers and sisters or brothers, but yet be have different deem, differentiating views on a topic? Humility. Very good. Right. Right. Yes, yeah, so part of the humility, there's also gentleness, right? We have gentleness towards one another. And then there's also, we also humble ourselves in the sense that we look at others as more important than ourselves, right? All right, so know, and so we, we, we also know that fellowship is a very guarded thing within the church, correct? Should we also extend fellowship to unbelievers? All right, Dave. Take us with you. Where are you going on this? You're right, but but you're, but how you said it. Okay, okay keep going. So so in, so in the context of true fellowship. Yes. Right. So yes, very good. So true fellowship, that true relational, familiar brother and sister bonding takes place within the church, the local church, right? So that's, we, we don't have divisions amongst us. We have the same mind. We're working together towards the same goal. We promote a sense of unity and humility and gentleness. And then we turn and we carry those same attributes out. But yet the unbelievers don't get to enjoy that true fellowship they can't enjoy it, but yet, friendship, yes. Right. That's a plug, that's a plug for your study on Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, the, your Mark study, right. But yeah, but, but you're right, though. We, we see that there was a relationship that Jesus had with the 12 that was not, that did not carry over into the, into the individuals that would show up daily to listen to Jesus speak, right? Right. 
Right. Right. Right. Because we're co-heirs with Christ, right? We're co-heirs, so we're now part of a different family in that, in that degree. So, all right, so, yeah, so you're right, absolutely, because our true fellowship is based on our love for God because he saved us out of complete darkness. So now unbelievers are still part of that darkness, and we've been saved out of that darkness, so we are no longer fellowshipping in, in, that, in that realm with, with the unbelievers. Okay, very good. Uh, so worship. So what, what about worship? Who does worship belong to? Who does worship belong to? Right, it belongs to God alone. Absolutely, it belongs to him. He is worthy of our praise. Yes, yes, yes. Because what is, do we, right? Is, uh, what, what does God say to us? Um, what does he say in Exodus and Isaiah concerning his, the type of worship he desires from us? Is he? Yeah, his spirit, it's full, and he's very, he's also jealous. He's a jealous God. He wants all the worship from us to him. Right? Interesting way to consider and look at it through that lens. And it's also, out of that worship, it's also true worship, right? It's the outpouring of our heart. It's the overflow. We don't just worship with our lips, right? We also worship God with, from our heart. We don't want it just to be a, because what does it say? It just can be a gangy of, a, a or a, a gong it's just a bunch of noise right but we want to be true worship we want to worship also in truth worship in truth so to worship God in truth one must seek to know him by learning about his attributes and actions right so when we know about these truths we give him praise for those things and then we can also pray and encourage each other in love and good works because of God and his attributes and what he has done for us all right, so ordinances of the church. I want to give a quick moment to look and dig into the communion aspect of it. Uh, we know that the ordinance, it's an ordinance, right? Is it a sacrament? Is it a sacrament? So just to kind of clarify, a sacrament is something that a person does outwardly, but an inward spiritual grace is, uh, is bestowed. But the, the, uh, biblically, uh, this view violates salvation by grace alone. So just, so just kind of for clarification. And since a person is performing an action that adds merit to his position before God, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the perspective of a sacrament and what it fulfills. If you were to take communion as a sacrament, it is to, in a sense, say, look, God, I'm humbling myself. I'm doing this as merit to before you, right? But we are called, it's an ordinance, right? Not a sacrament, right? Uh, All right, so the ordinance of communion. So when, when, when do we see the communion take place? When is the communion instituted? When, when does it happen? And who, who performs the, the communion structure for, for us? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The, the very first communion. Yeah, I apologize. I should have clarified. Okay, so when did it take place? Who, 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 uh, who, who set the, who set the, let's see, who set the foundation for it? <laughs> Sorry, I should get my questions better, right? 
Jesus, right, absolutely. It's the Sunday school answer. <laughs> Jesus, yes, Jesus. Absolutely right. And then and then um, Jesus reminds that it is important. Let's uh Let's jump over to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through 30, and let's look at the, ah, yes, here we go. Yeah, it's the self-examination portion, and 1 Corinthians lays out the Lord's Supper for us, but I definitely wanted to look closely at the self-examination part of it, and we see that through 27 through 30. And then, and then, then, then we'll ask you a few questions, and we'll wrap up for this evening. So, so let's close on this. The self-examination from First Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through thirty says this. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself in a way. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you and have fallen asleep. So there's a lot of context to that last statement there. That was within the context of, the, of this Corinthian church and how they were performing the Lord's Supper. It wasn't a, a holy event. They were looking at it as an event of party time, have a lot of food, have a lot of drink. And they were using it in the context of, well, this is what the Lord's Supper is. So that, that, that's, that, that, that's what that context is framed in. But anyway, so this is a reminder to us to approach the body of Christ, the, the taking of these, these ordinances within the church as a very serious event. We are reflecting on the body, what it means to us, and the, and, you know, the juice is reflecting the blood of Christ and what that means to us and what, and what, and what does that mean for us as Christians and how do we keep living in that truth that we see here in First Corinthians? All right. Um, I know that was a very quick run through in just what it means to be the church, what it means to fellowship and worship with one another. Uh, but I really just kind of wanted to drill the importances down of what it looks, of what a church looks like, what a healthy church looks like. And then what does that mean for us? Should, should the Lord call us away from this local church? And send us somewhere else, wherever that may be. Maybe a new job, who knows? But you're going to look to find another local church to be a part of, right? As as we're all part of the universal church, we find a local church to plug in with, to dig in. And how do we find a good church? You know, what are some of those markers that we look for? Um, all right, some questions for you. So I want you to. You don't have to answer these, but if you want to, you can absolutely. Um, so are so we so I, I think I can say we we all want to be a part of the body of Christ, but what does it mean to be a part of the family of God, right? So what does that mean? So are we a part of the body of Christ, which means are we're also a part of the family of God, right? So are we a part of a local church, and are we ministering within the church? What does that look like for us when we're within the local church? What does it look like to be a part of the ministry within the church? And also, if we are, have we been baptized yet? And what does that look like? How are we sharing these truths with our kids? How are we bringing them up? What are we teaching them? How are we instructing them when they leave the house? How are they going to find a local church? Because sometimes most kids, I know my daughter, she's looking at a college up the road, you know. So am I going to go find a local church for her? Yeah, absolutely. Christy and I dug in and we found a local church for Lila around some of the colleges she's looking to go to. She hasn't settled on one yet, so, but we'll see. But yet, when she goes to one of these colleges, when she does decide, we have 
a couple churches that will like, hey, you need to plug into these churches. And also more than likely when we take her up there, we're going to be like, all right, let's go to church. Let's get you introduced. <laughs> so these are ways that we help our children. So what does that look like as we work through these things? Um, so I just want to challenge you in those areas. And then, you know, because there's a constant question I, I, I want to ask myself too, because I, I mean, uh, I want to be active. I don't want to just be, there, I mean, like, as, as Deb pointed out, you know, there are times where we're highs, we're hitting lows, but you know, we're, we're still part of the family. And how are we looking out for one another? How are we helping one another? Um, well, last thing, um, what are some things you've learned uh, through this study and how has that improved your worship of God? Yeah, it's a, so obviously you don't have to answer that out loud if you don't want to, but it's just kind of a, kind of a good uh, question to come back to. How has that improved our worship of God? Understanding who he is, like we've covered some deep, deep truths here. I mean, obviously these are fundamentals of our faith, right? Um, so we want to make sure that we are you know, making sure we understand what the Bible is, knowing God's character, the person and work of Jesus, our salvation, the, per, the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. These are all deep, deep truths within, the, within our Christian faith and belief. So what, is it, what does that mean to us, and how do we understand these truths? How do we share these truths? So it's just an encouragement for you, for y'all. Uh, any, any comments? Any questions? All right, well, I'll close this in prayer. Gracious Father, thank you for this evening once again. Thank you for this study. Uh, it would have, we, I wish, Lord, that we could have a few more hours to dig deeply into more of these truths, but thank you that we can still go to your word and mine these truths on our own. Thank you for this. Thank you for the church members that are here tonight. Thank you for uh, just, just the body of Christ that we have here in this local context, and thank you that we can love and encourage each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord and provoke one another into love and good works. And thank you that we can continually be on the lookout for each other's needs um, and, and just continue to have fellowship with one another in humility and gentleness. Uh, we just continually pray for those who aren't able to join us on, on these evenings, but we're just thankful for them, Lord, because we, we look forward to the days we can fellowship with them again. And we just pray for those who, who are maybe ill or are not able to leave the house at this time, Lord. We just pray for... We just pray for them and lift them up to you, Father. We're just, we're just grateful for this time once again. Uh, we're just thankful for the ministries here with, within Grace on the Ashley. Thank you that we are an active church. And I just pray we'll continue to press into those truths. And we're just grateful for all you've given us. We just commit all these things to you in your son's name. Amen.